0: All right, so without any further announcements, we're going to have a guest speaker this morning. How many of you guys are happy about that? Yeah! Okay, not too happy. Not too happy, right? Not too happy. I'm not, I'm, I'm okay, right? Okay, this is... Yay, but we still love Carl. Oh, it's cool. I'm just, just so I don't walk away with a complex. But no, I... I love when we have guest speakers because it blesses me because I get to hear insight and knowledge and, and passion and, and what God is doing in the other parts of our family, our extended family. And so you actually get to be blessed this morning with hearing one of our neighbors, our good friends, one of my really good friends, who's actually in the community here with us pastoring at New Hope Windward over at the Windward Mall on Sunday mornings. Pastor Dave Barr is coming this morning. you guys excited? I got to tell you. The, the reason that I had Dave come and speak was because I went to, um, yeah, you guys can go ahead and collect the uh, um, volunteer cards coming around. I gotta tell you, here's the reason I invited him is I went on this trip with with Dave and a few other pastors a few months back and we went to Outer Island and we were just trying to uh, bond with other pastors and kind of like just sometimes pastors go through like, oh, it was crazy season, right? I think we were coming off, was it Christmas or something we just came off of? And I think I preached like seven or eight times on the weekend and just was crazy and awesome stuff, but you just get on the verge of burnout sometimes, right? Because you guys caused me so much stress. (coughs) I'm just kidding, you're kidding. I love my job, but it was just a good time of pastors going away. So part of the thing we got to do is we got to go and ride ATVs together, right? There's a bunch of pastors out there, kind of dangerous, right? You guys do this for a living and now we're putting, on, putting you on motorized vehicles, dangerous. But we went out there riding ATVs and I was, Dave was following me. And I was shooting up mud all over his face the whole time, and I didn't even care. I was like, yeah, rah, rah, you know, just burp. and I see him back there, oh, poor day, but oh well, I'm having fun, rah. And then I saw him afterwards, and he just mud spattered paint, you know, mud all over his face, and they gave him the slowest ATV, and I had the fast one. I felt bad, and I said, oh, I better let this guy come speak in my church. I feel, feel bad for the guy. I better. <laughs> That's the least I can do. Sorry, but no. Actually, that's not the case. Um, Dave, I respect this man. I honor this man. He's become a close friend in my life. We've gone through some similar circumstances together. We become prayer partners. Um, I just, I look just to strengthen a lot of good stuff. I gain insight from Dave. He's shared resources. We share people. Did you know that if people don't like our church, that usually they'll go find their way to Dave's church. And if they don't like his church, they'll find their way our way. So we're both just trying to get rid of all the negative people in our church and send them- you take them, and then he gives them back. I'm like, no, that's not a good trade. But anyway, some of you guys are here today. Thank you for that, because just kidding. But um, he's in the family. We love him. They're our, our neighbors right over there, and we're, we're a team, and we're going after changing this community, this, this state, this nation, this world together. Would you guys do me a favor and, and rise to your feet and welcome Pastor Dave Barr right now? Come on, guys. Come on.
1: thank you so much thank you thank you well it is true what he just shared about the atv ride and uh i forgive him uh even though when i was behind him i thought that guy's a jerk Uh, he should not be pastoring Uh, (laughs) no it is such an honor to be here at hope chapel kaneohe bay let me tell you If you're new here, you are part of a church that has literally impacted this island just probably more than any other church on this island. And not only have you impacted the island of Oahu, you've also impacted all the islands and way beyond. This church has planted, as many of you know, over 400 hope chapels. That is just a move of God, and it's just an honor to be here with you. And Carl and I have become uh, good friends. Uh, we're, we're not kind of like what you'll see sometimes with pastors when they have a guest come to their church. They'll be like, oh, yeah, me and Dave, we're just really good friends, so let's give it up. And Dave's going, that's a bunch of malarkey. Uh, I'm going watch my words there. Uh, and, and we really have become good friends, and we even text each other. I love you, man. Okay. That was weird. Uh, so let's get into the message. You guys ready? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Some of you're like speaking. Hello? Did you turn that off on purpose? I'm totally kidding. Totally. you that I, I just the sound guys like, "Man, I'm scared." Uh, not really. <laughs> All right. How many of you would like to have a little bit more joy in your life by a show of hands? A little bit more joy? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) You guys don't have much joy, huh? Uh, Every service, almost every hand has gone up. And today we're going to talk about how to experience more joy in life, and especially how to experience more joy in problems. So if you pull out your message notes, we're going to go through uh, some verses in Philippians chapter 1. We're going to go verse by verse. And we're gonna learn two key biblical principles from the Apostle Paul that lead to more joy in our lives. And I'll tell you this if you do these two things that Paul teaches us, you're gonna experience more joy. If you do these two steps that Paul teaches us in chapter one of Philippians, you're gonna experience more fulfillment even when you're going through problems. So I'll share these steps with you in a little bit. But let me tell you about a time when I was experiencing a lot of joy. It was a couple years ago, I was at a Super Bowl party. This couple in our church invited us to come enjoy the game. And so I remember we walked into this beautiful home here in Kaneohe and we walked into this large living room area. There's probably about 35 people in the room and the game had already started and the owner of the home said, hey, everybody, turn the TV down. I want to introduce you to my pastor, Dave, and his wife, Lisa, and here are their three daughters. So I have three daughters, ages 15, 13, and 10. Just pray for me right now. Just, uh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so we're like, hi, and the owners took us around to every person in that room and introduced us, and we got to know a lot of people and saw some people we knew as well from the church, and the game was great. I mean, my team won. I was just full of joy. The food was awesome. We were laughing, having a great time, and when the game was over with, it was like it was time to go. And so, you know, as we do out here, and especially at New Hope, uh, we're kind of a huggy church, and so we will often you know, give a person a, of the opposite sex a hug by and a fake kiss on the cheek. And so I'm going around and, and my wife is somewhere in the room talking to some people and I was going up to people, oh, nice to meet you, yeah, you too. Going up you know, to some of the women, oh, yeah, you know, fake kiss on the cheek, yeah, nice to meet you too, yeah, great, great. And then I went up to this woman, and I, I, I said, oh, it's nice to meet you. She's like, yeah, you too. And, and then I went to give her a hug and a kiss, and, and this is her head. So I went to give her a kiss on this, you know, fake kiss on the cheek here. Her head goes like this, so my head went like this, she went like this. And then we locked lips. And I jumped back, I was like, whoa. And I opened my eyes, and she's like this. At least, that's how I remember it. Uh, And in just like one second, I had all these thoughts. And the first thought was, oh, man, I hope my wife didn't see that. And then the next thought was, oh, no, everybody in this room that just saw that, they know that I'm not married to this woman. I just kissed on the lips. And I'm a pastor. I was like, oh, no. And so I looked at her. I was like, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to do that. She's all mean either. And she went this way and I went this way. I was like, oh. And you know when you do something embarrassing and you're feeling shame and you just want to get out of that room? You ever feel that way? I was like, I got to get out of here. I gotta get. And so I'm looking for my wife and I, I see my wife in the corner, like, hey, babe. She's like, oh, it's such a fun party. I was like, yeah. She's all, I want to stay and keep talking. Babe, we need to go now. <laughs> And so I grab my wife's hand, and we get into the car. The kids are in the back seat, and I'm going, oh, man, I got to tell her. I got to tell her that I kissed this woman on the lips. Oh, no. So I wanted to see what kind of mood she was in. I was like, oh, hey, babe, did you have a good time? Wasn't that a great party? She's like, oh, it was so much fun. She's in a good mood. All right. I said, babe, um, you know here, you know when we say goodbye to people, uh, a lot of these church functions, you know how in our culture, it's kind of a cultural norm, and sometimes even expected, where we give a fake kiss on the cheek. You know how we do that? Oh yeah, yeah, I know that, oh yeah. Well, so babe, I was saying goodbye to people, and then I went up to this super ugly woman. (laughs) And and I went to give her a hug, and I went like this, and her head went like that, and I went like this, she went like this, and babe, I accidentally kissed her. I'm so sorry, it was a complete accident, and she goes, Oh, that's okay. That doesn't matter. That happened to me one time. (laughs) That happened to you? Oh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Yes, it does matter. (laughs) Who did that happen with? And then she told me who it was, and then I drove to his house, and I beat him up. Uh, No, no, no. And I tell you that story because I want to ask you this. Can you have joy even if you accidentally kiss a stranger on the lips? (laughs) All the single people are like, yeah, (laughs) totally. But can you experience joy in some of the shameful, embarrassing moments of life? Can you experience joy when you're on a job and you're just like, man, I don't like this job. This is a tough job. Can you experience joy in that? Can you experience joy when you're having health problems and you've got a lot of physical or emotional pain? Can you experience joy when you're dealing with a broken relationship and you're trying so hard to reconcile and work through issues, but you just don't seem to be making much headway? Can you still have joy in that? Well, in order to answer that question, we've got to look to see what God says. And in Philippians chapter 4, we're going to see if we can have joy even in the problems of life, even when you kiss a stranger on the lips. And so Philippians 4, let's see what the Apostle Paul says to us about having joy. He says this. Take a look at this up on the screen. Philippians 4, 4. Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord how often? Always. always. Circle that word always. He says, I will say it again rejoice circle the word rejoice and always now rejoice what this word literally means it means to experience here it is a calm delight it's to experience this inner joy this peace if you will and so paul says rejoice in other words experience joy in the lord always he doesn't say sometimes He says, always, even if you accidentally kiss a stranger, rejoice in the Lord. And if you missed it the first time, Paul says, I'm going to say it again, rejoice. And so, what this tells us is that joy is available to us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Isn't that great? And what's interesting, well, maybe it's not great. I think it's great. Uh, Isn't that great? All right, good, good. Now, what's interesting is you know where Paul was when he wrote these words? He was in prison. He was in prison, and Scripture says he was chained up to a prison guard. And he says, even in prison, we can rejoice in the Lord. And and in this book of Philippians, it's actually, the book of Philippians is actually a prison letter because it was written from prison. And it's written to the Philippian church. And 14 times in the book of Philippians, Paul says, rejoice, experience joy, be joyful, 14 times and it's as if paul is saying this hey if i can have joy in prison you can have joy no matter what you're going through as well and it's available to us and he says i don't want you just to rejoice sometimes i want you to rejoice how often always always Always. now scripture says he was chained to a security guard And scholars say that every four to six hours, he got a new prison guard. Now, can you imagine being the prison guard for the Apostle Paul, chained to him? Question, do you think you would hear anything about Jesus being chained to Paul? You better believe it. And some of you are sitting there going, you know what, Dave, I feel kind of chained. I feel imprisoned. Some of you may say, I feel imprisoned to my job. my, My job feels like a prison. I was talking to a guy one time, and I said, hey, how's your job going? He said this, just doing time. (laughs) Serving my sentence till I retire. And some of you may feel like that. You feel like your job is like a prison. Others of you, you may feel prisoned to a struggling relationship. And you're like, man, I just feel chained to all these problems. Others of you may feel chained to a health issue. Maybe it's physical. And you just keep having these ongoing physical issues, and you're just chained to pain. Maybe what you feel chained to is not physical pain, but what I call draining emotions, emotional pain. You know, for some of you, you may feel chained to worry. And you're like, you know what, Dave? I know the Bible says don't worry about anything, but man, I I worry. I I stress. I worry about my finances. I worry about my kids. I, I... I just worry. Some of you are like, Dave, I don't struggle with worry so much, but I struggle with resentment. I just feel chained to sometimes resentment and bitterness. Others of you might say, you know, Dave, I feel chained to regret. I wish I wouldn't have done that, or I wish I would have done that. So let me ask you, what do you feel chained to? Because whatever may feel like a prison to you, if you do these two things that Paul's about to teach us, you're going to experience more joy, even in that prison. So, what does Paul teach us? Well, I don't know about you, but, but sometimes for me, when it comes to, to joy, I experience joy sometimes. Now, since I've studied this passage, I will say I do experience joy a lot more but I don't, I'm not quite at that point where I experience joy always, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting closer. And, and for me, I don't know if this is you, but when a big problem happens in my life, I tend to, to just ask God, why? God, why? Why? God, why have you allowed our church to be portable for 13 years? God, God, why did you give Hope Chapel a tent? and not us. I pray more than Carl does. (laughs) Just playing. And, And we can get stuck on why. God, why? Why did I lose my job? God, why am I still single? God, why didn't you heal my loved one, who I prayed for in faith for you to heal? why did you let them pass so young god why do you ever do that sometimes what can happen is we can get stuck in the why and we go god why and what paul teaches us is it's okay to ask god why but if you get stuck there it can lead to pity parties it can lead to grumbling it can even lead to having you kind of distance yourself from god and so it's okay to ask God, why? But it's so important to move to this first step that Paul teaches us. Here's a phrase. I made it short so it's easy to remember. The first thing you need to ask when you run into a problem, a frustration that's starting to steal your joy, the first thing you need to say to God is this. Here it is. You need to say, God, now what? You can write that down. Now what, God? In fact, let me just have you say those words with me out loud on on the count of three. One, two, three. Now what? Now what? God, now what do you want to do through this problem? God, now what is your purpose in this? And that's exactly what Paul did. Paul didn't get stuck on why he was in prison. In fact, the Bible tells us that Paul wanted to go to Rome as a preacher. And I can imagine Paul probably, he probably imagined, I'm going to rent out the, Rome, the Roman Colosseum, and I'm going to have Paul's crusade, and thousands of people are going to get saved. But Paul didn't go to Rome As a preacher, you know how he went to Rome? As a prisoner preacher. He went to Rome as a prisoner. And I'm sure he asked God why, but he eventually shifted to God. God, now what? I'm in prison. I'm chained to this guard. Now, what do you want to do? And I want you to see what Paul says here. Look at verse 12. He says this, chapter one. He says, now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened, he's talking about being in prison, it has really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard. He's talking about the prison. It's become clear to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And believe me, if you were chained to Paul, uh, everybody would know about Jesus. He's like, it's really clear that they know I'm here for Christ. Now watch this, verse 14. Because of my chains, because of this problem, Most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. He's like, listen, I've come here as a prisoner, but now what God has shown me is so that people will get to know Jesus. So these guards have heard about Jesus, and now the brothers who are outside of the prison, they're preaching about Christ more boldly and fearlessly because I'm here in prison. That's what God's doing. Paul asked God, now what? Now what? What is your purpose, God? God, how do you want to change my character in this problem? God, what do you want me to do in this problem? How do you want me to respond to this difficult coworker? Lord, now what do you want me to do in this marriage that is really struggling? You want me to go counseling? Okay, okay. God, what do you want me to do? Now what? Now, I'd like you to hear the story of a woman named Dora. And uh, Dora Fong is a, a good friend of mine. And Dora has been chained to cancer and chemotherapy treatments for uh, almost three years now. Now, just, just stop there for a second. Can you imagine being in chemotherapy for almost three years? Now, she's had a few breaks, but not much. And this vi- Dora wanted to be here with you, but her health uh, doesn't allow her to be here. Uh, we shot this video a little over a year ago. Uh, since this video was shot, she's lost about 60 pounds. Um, she has had multiple surgeries. She still has cancer. And what Dora did and what she's still doing is she, she didn't get stuck on, God, why? Why did you allow me to be chained to cancer and chemotherapy treatments? But instead, she said, okay, God, you've allowed this. Now What? And I want you to see how God has used her since she's moved to God now what? And I want you to notice the joy that she has even being chained to chemotherapy. Watch this. I was first
2: diagnosed in March 2010. When um, they first diagnosed me, I was in shock. I mean, in shock. It's like, what? You sure? You know, do more tests. It took me two days to kind of sink in. It's like, okay, you got this disease. Now move on. So I started from there. It's like kind of positive thinking from beginning to now. It's been two years since I've been on chemotherapy. Yeah. You know, in the two years, I went to six different funerals for the people that was in there, that was sat next to me. So I, I never walk around with a frown or a complaint because I know where my strength comes from, from Him. So I, I encourage them that put God first in your life. He will get you through this. You might not, it might not seem right then and there, but along the way, you'll see his faithfulness. You'll see it. Because time and time again, he proves to me. He always proves himself to me. I think it was my first time of therapy. And I met this man. His name was William. and. Uh, grouchy, grouchy as can be. And I would always sit on the chair and went, Lord, please, Lord, please, not in His room, not in His room, because we have to share rooms. And every day I would be praying, and I guess the Lord kind of says, no, okay, since you're begging for that, I'm gonna put you in His room, and He did. And it's like, I started praying. You know, I, I start my day off with prayer, and one day He actually told me, you're praying too loud, and it says, oh, Lord Jesus, thank you so much, I went louder. And then the next day, they put me in his room again. It's like that whole week, he and I had therapy. And through that whole week, he and I, you know, talked. And he, he was asking a little bit of questions here and there. So I kind of, oh Lord, the seed is kind of taking place. So I shared with him how good God is with me and all that. He had, he was a Buddhist, but I just wanted to present God in my way. And then maybe by Wednesday, the wife, asked to talk to me and she asked me to come with her to the restroom now I have all this IVs and everything on me and I said okay pull up the plug and roll me over there (laughs) I go and so she pulls up the plug her and I go into the restroom she goes I want what you have and I go I don't know if she's robbing me or what what do I have you know me because the way she said it like I want what you have and I went what do I have and she goes, that joy I want that joy So I said, okay, let's go, let's pray right now. So she received Christ right there in that Castle Hospital bathroom. By Thursday, he goes, I like what you get. I said, what your wife has? He goes, yeah, I go, you want Jesus? He goes, yeah, okay, let's pray. Let's do it. And so I prayed with him and he received Christ. I said, okay, I see you on Monday and we'll have study group in here, just you and I. And he goes, okay, you got that, my friend. He kind of changed. Monday morning, I. I was so anxious to speak God's word to him. And uh, I sat down, was getting ready, you know, and it was like 8.15 and William didn't show up yet. It's very unusual. And so I asked one of the nurses and she goes, oh wait, his wife is waiting for you, she's coming in. And she came in and she was crying and of course, and I said, what happened? And she goes, William passed away on Sunday evening. And my heart kind of just fell. But I encouraged her and I said, you know, he's not suffering anymore because he was really suffering. That's why he was so cranky all the time. And then when I sat there and she was telling me when and um, how she's gonna do things and everything. And I said, you know, where do you live? And she goes, oh, downtown somewhere. And I said, you know, there's a, a New Hope close by you. So they went that week to fellowship with New Hope. They were all saved that Sunday, her four children. You know, I felt really good that I got to witness to somebody, but it's like, wow, Lord, you just used me in like such a mighty way that I can't even comprehend it. I cannot express and there's no words I can say. How God is using me now, you know? Who would know that I would have a small group at Castle Hospital with all these chemotherapy treatment people, you know? I wouldn't have think that, but God saw it. So I follow. I try to be an obedient servant. You know, sometimes I get colo here, but I try to be obedient. Isn't
1: <laughs> hey that great? You. Awesome. You know, every time I watch that, I ask myself, what if Dora never shared Jesus in that chemotherapy room? William may not be in heaven. You know, some of you, God has allowed you to be in the job where you're at so that you can be the light in that dark place, so that you can share how Jesus is helping you and, and changing you, so you can be so joyful that, they, that people go up to you and go, you know, I want what you have. And Dora, she said, God, now what? And, and what many of us would think it was a setback, which is cancer, God was saying, that's not a setback, that's a set up. I'm going to lead other people into my kingdom because of you. What we may think, what you may think is an obstacle in your life, whatever you're feeling chained to, that can be an opportunity that God uses to help grow you, change you, transform you, and lead you to lead others to Christ. And so the first question you ask this week or next week, whenever you have your joy getting ready to be stolen, you just say, God, now what? Now, the next phrase that you say, you got to say a little differently than now what? You got to say this next one with attitude, okay? And Paul teaches us to to say uh, this principle. And so here's the word. You say, so what? So you say, now what? And so what? So on the count of three with a little bit of attitude, I want you to say, so what? Ready? One, two, three. So what? That's good. So what? Now, what does this mean? Well, would you agree that most of the problems we experience in life are minor problems? I mean, I don't know about you, but when I hear Dora's story and I look at the challenges she's had for the last three years with cancer, I'm thinking, man, my problems are minor compared to her challenges. I mean, her, her challenges kinda bring into perspective how small my challenges really are. And there, it's the minor problems in life that can steal our joy. It's the minor things that can happen at work that cause us to come home and be cranky with our family. It's the minor things in life. And what Paul teaches us is in the minor problems of life, you just gotta go, so what? No biggie, it's manini, it's small potatoes, I'm gonna let it go. So what? And let's see how Paul does this as we go to the next verse in chapter 1 of Philippians. Verse 15. Now here's the situation before I read it. There's, some, there's two groups of pastors. One group of pastors are preaching about Jesus and they have really sinful motives. They're very selfish in their motives. And then there's another group of pastors who are preaching Jesus with right, pure motives. So Paul addresses this problem. He's all, it's true that some of these pastors are preaching Christ out of envy and rivalry. But the other group of pastors are preaching out of goodwill. In other words, their hearts are good. Their motives are good. The latter do so in love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. Verse 17, the former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, which, by the way, that's a sin. It's just, it's sinful to preach that way. They're not preaching sincerely. They're supposing they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. Notice verse 18. Here's where Paul says, so what? He goes, but what does it matter? So what? Now, this, these words in chapter, uh, in, in verse 18, so what, he says here, what does it matter? You know what those words are in the Greek? tis gar plan." And tis-gar-plen literally means, so what? It doesn't matter. Yeah, 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 those guys are preaching with bad motives. Yeah, it's sinful, but tis gar plan. So what? He says the important thing, the rest of, of this verse, the important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. In other words, I have joy. So Paul teaches us in these passages, you got to say now what? And then so what to the minor problems in life? He's like, tisgar plan. It's no biggie. Yeah, it's sinful, it's wrong, but so what? Now, let me be really clear here. I'm not suggesting, I don't want you to misunderstand me. I'm not suggesting that every problem that comes your way, you're just like, ah, so what? Ah, just our plan. <laughs> you know, your son comes in, hey, dad, I'm doing drugs. Hey, no worries, boy, so what? just <laughs> our plan. I did plenty when I was your age. And look at me, I'm fine. No, 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 I'm not saying tisk our plan and so what everything, no, don't. There are some problems in our life that are major, they're not minor, and we gotta tackle those problems with integrity, with intensity, with passion, and with Jesus at the center of the problem. Can you say amen to that? Amen. amen. So don't sweep every problem under the carpet. You know, sometimes we do this with our finances. A bill comes in, we're overspending, and we're like, ah, tisk our plan. Just get another credit card. So what? There's some problems like, no, 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 don't don't, plan that one. You got to deal with it with Christ and with integrity. But the minor problems in life, those we just got to say, ah, so what? I'm not going to let that problem steal my joy. I remember driving on the H3 a little over a year ago, and I was driving up towards the tunnel on this side of the island. And it was just, I was the only one in the car, and uh, of course, uh, I was I had Jesus in the car and I was worshiping him through music and I was connecting with God in one of those ways where the best way to describe it, I just felt like Jesus was in the passenger seat. I'm singing this song. I can't remember what the worship song was, but I'm like, man, this is the best. You and me, Jesus, you're so awesome. Your creation's so beautiful. The Koolau Mountains, this is awesome. And I'm just full of joy. I am so full of joy. Well, this car comes on the on-ramp off the lique lique, you know that on ramp on the H3. And so this car comes on, and as we're driving up, this car swerves over into my lane, and they swerve over so hard that I have to slam my brakes. My car screeches, Rrr! I swerve, I almost hit the median. I mean, I was literally this far from hitting the center median. And let me tell you, at that moment, I didn't want to say Tiscar Plan. I didn't want to say so what. At that moment, my joy tank it started springing leaks, and joy was just like shooting out of me. Man, I'm like, no, no, don't lose that joy, don't lose that. I'm trying to plug all the pukas. Don't lose that joy, don't. No, no, you're not gonna lose that joy. And I'm like, no. And I, I caught, I caught some of the joy I was having. And you know, I was like, oh man, oh man. And then I don't know if this ever happens to you when there's some idiot driver that drives really bad around you, but I just got curious. I'm like, I wonder who's driving that car. I wonder who that idiot is. And so I calmly drove up because I thought it's probably somebody from New Hope. And I drove up and I'm like, oh, Carl Moore. Okay. Of course. (laughs) I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Poor Carl, this is the fourth service he's sat in. He's all, <laughs> <laughs> you're never coming back here. Ever. <laughs> no, it wasn't Carl. <clears throat> but uh, let me encourage you because, you know, the truth is there's just bad drivers on the road, you know? It's just going to happen. And, and, and so, the next time somebody does something dumb while you're driving and they either cut you off or do something and it, it's starting to steal your joy, you're just like, No, I'm not going to lose my joy. And you're like, No, Tisgar Plan. No, so what? No, no, I'm not going to lose my joy. And here's what you do you calmly drive up to that car. Okay? You roll down your window, big smile on your face, and you just go, Tisgar Plan! And you just wave at them. With five fingers, okay? <laughs> uh, I wanted to be real clear on that five, okay? So let's practice this so what, okay? Let's practice this principle uh, of of letting go of the manini problems, the minor problems in life, okay? So I need full participation in this exercise. I'm going to give you a scenario that can happen in your life, and then on the count of three, I want you to just say, ah, so what? Okay? Just so what? So let's say you're driving your car, and your car breaks down, and you're on the side of the road. How are you going to process that? On the count of three, you're going to say, one, two, three. So what? That's good, that's good. Now, a lot of participation here in the center, Uh, 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 quite a bit over here. Uh, This right side, I don't know about you guys, okay? I had some participation, but I think there's a few of you that are like, if that happens to me, I'm not going to say, so what? I don't like this exercise. When's Pastor Carl going to preach next? All right. Let's do, let's try another example. Now everybody has a relative who can irritate them. Can we just agree to that? <laughs> You're like yeah. Now if they're sitting next to you, don't look at them right now, okay? <laughs> don't be like yeah, <laughs> loser. <laughs> you. <laughs> you everywhere. <laughs> you. Don't do that, okay? Now, we all have relatives that can get our blood pressure to rise, and they'll do things, and you're just like... "Mm -hmm." Now, uh, how many of you have got a relative that's like that? Just lift your hand up, okay? Okay, all right, all right, good. You put your hands down. Those of you who didn't lift your hand, you're the relative. Uh... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry to break the news, uh... But the truth will set you free, uh... (laughs) I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. (laughs) I'm definitely not going to be invited back after that one. uh. (laughs) But the next time your relative starts to steal your joy, you're not going to let that happen. Oh, no. You know what you're going to say on the count of three? One, two, three. So what? Yeah. Now, don't say that to them. Okay? Hey, so what? His car plan. <sighs> Don't do that. Just let it go. Let it go. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's good to laugh in church. The Bible says in Proverbs that laughter is like a medicine. And our prayer, my prayer is that anytime we laugh in church that it just is soothing and healing to your soul cuz life is tough. It's tough. And so, you know, whenever uh, there's time to laugh, then we laugh and let it be medicine. But I want you to hear the rest of Dora's story. You know, Dora, as I said, is still struggling with cancer, and she so wanted to be here. Um, I sent her a text to let her know I was speaking here. I was going to share her story. And she texted me back, and I just want to give you an update on her health before you see this last part of her message. Uh, Dora said this. She said, um... uh, Well, Dave, um, since I last shared my testimony, uh, I've had a mastectomy done. um, And right now, I'm being prepped for chemo treatment. Uh, She said, the latest news is that they have found a cancerous tumor in my brain. The lump is growing, and they're finding out uh, what they're going to do after the surgery. It looks like, for sure, chemotherapy and probably radiation. The cancer lump in, is inside my head is it's growing on a bone on the cranium and it is so painful. But I will keep in touch. And then she said this. She said, "Dave, God is so good. He's so good." You know, I read that, I think, man, this woman knows how to suffer well. She knows how to suffer in godly ways. And so as you watch the rest of this video, what what you may not know is that Dora's greatest desire is to worship God through dance. She has an amazing ability to worship God through hula and sign dancing. And her number one prayer is, God, let me dance for you on my feet. And though he hasn't answered that prayer yet, she still worships him with all of her heart. Now, after she shares on this video, you're going to see a dance Of her and as you're watching this dance um, certainly enjoy her as she's worshiping Jesus but I want you to listen to the words of the song part of the song says I surrender completely to your will and my prayer has been all weekend is that as you hear this song is that whatever prison you're going through whatever you're chained to that during this song that you would say you know what, God whatever I completely surrender to your will. Now what? And to those minor things, God, so what? Let's watch the rest of this video.
2: When I see you, Lord, how are you going to look like? And can I dance for you? (laughs) You know, and that's what I always think about. That's my heart. I just want to praise God and dance. So when I pray for healing and when people pray for me, that's all I ask. Just pray that the Lord heal my feet so I can praise Him standing. In awe. In awe. So right now it's like right here. So it's it's against my voice box. So it's a very sensitive um, procedure that they have to do. They're going to do a whole removal. They're going to take out everything over here. Lymph nodes, tissues, everything. So um, because it's a very delicate procedure, they really have to know where that last piece of the thyroid is at because if they make a wrong cut, it'll bleed me internally, And so my risk of on the table, it's not good. But you know, God is good, so you know, I know everything's going to be all right. So, they're telling me, pray hard. <laughs> you know, the surgeon's telling me, pray hard. I said, I don't need to, God knows He's going to, if He got to use me still, nothing's going to go wrong. So, that's what I'm going through right now. Kind of scary, but I hold on to God's faithfulness for me. He's so.
3: The secret of life is letting go. The secret.
1: She knows how to suffer well and so did Paul and what God's trying to teach us through this that we can experience more joy if we choose we choose to say God now what what is your purpose what do you want to do in me and through me what are my next steps God and then to those minor problems in life so what to the major problems we'll deal with those with intensity with the Lord and with passion now there's one phrase that Paul says that I want you to catch he says Rejoice in the Lord. He doesn't say rejoice because you're chained to, a, to a, a soldier. He says rejoice in the Lord. The Lord. See, joy comes from the Lord, Jesus Christ, His Holy Spirit living inside you and I. Joy comes from the Lord. And so if you want to experience joy, You rejoice not for the problem. You don't say, oh, God, thank you. My marriage is struggling so much. No, 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 no. You say, God, thank you that in this struggle that I'm chained to, you're with me. You will strengthen me. You will guide me. You'll give me wisdom. I am yours and yours alone, Jesus, completely. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Would you bow your heads? I want to lead us in a time of prayer. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you so much for... The apostle Paul's example thank you Jesus for Dora's example and Lord I pray that you would help us to process the inevitable problems of life with these principles they teach us Lord help us to to not get focused on the why and, and, and shh, focused on on pity parties and grumbling about the problem lord help us to move in maturity towards saying god now what now what and lord for those small problems in life the minor problems would you just help us to let them go to trust you to focus on the major issues not the minor ones as your heads are bowed one of the major issues to deal with in life is do i have a relationship with god through his son jesus Jesus came to this earth to give you a daily relationship with him, not a religion. Jesus didn't come to give you a religion. He didn't come to give you just a list of do's and don'ts. He came to give you relationship. And he wants to forgive us of everything we've ever done wrong. If you've never begun a relationship with Jesus, that is your next step. Because once you begin a relationship with him, he forgives you of your sins. He fills you with his spirit. And that spirit that lives inside of you can well up joy even in the midst of major problems. His spirit can give you strength. And some of you right now, you just just need to know, he's going to help you through that problem. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. You rejoice in the Lord. And so if you've never begun a relationship with Him, in just a few moments, I'm going to give you a chance to do so. I'm going to ask those of you who've never begun a relationship, while everybody's heads are bowed and their eyes are closed, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand up here in a few moments. You go, Dave, why do you want me to lift my hand? It's because I want you to show Jesus that you want a relationship with Him. You say, but Dave, I don't have my life together. Well, join the club. None of us do. We're all a work in progress yeah yeah but Dave I don't know I I have some doubts about the Bible well you can still begin a relationship with Jesus and process through those doubts it's okay but you got to take this step for some of you you've been real emotional today and you, you, you almost feel like somebody's knocking on the door of your heart and that's God and he's saying this let me in I want relationship with you so if that's you You never begun a relationship with him. Right now, with everybody's heads bowed, I want you, in just a moment, I want you to just lift your hand up. And as you lift your hand, you're saying, Jesus, I want relationship with you. So if that's you right now, wherever you're at, just lift your hand up, and you say, Jesus, just as you lift your hand, you're saying, I want relationship with you. Go ahead and just lift your hand up. Say, I'm in. I don't understand it all, but I'm in. I want your joy. I want your peace. I want you, Jesus. Good. Yeah. God bless you. Anybody else? good okay you can put your hands down I'm going to lead us in a quick prayer and I know many of you if not most of you have said a prayer like this but would you just say this as a fresh recommitment to the Lord would you just say these words with me out loud just say Heavenly Father thank you for Jesus that he died on a cross and he rose from the dead so that I can have a relationship with you please forgive me for all my sins, and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ, be my Lord, be my Savior, be my life leader. Fill me with joy, and help me live out what we've learned today. I love you, Jesus. It's in your name I pray, amen. Hey, can we congratulate those who just said yes? Let's give it up for them, family. You have been awesome, awesome, awesome audience. Thank you so much for the privilege to be with you here today. Thank you.